Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. My guest today is Lady Aidy, who is a publisher and author of the book Successful Business Networking Online, which is the first ever book that's dedicated to online networking. So welcome to the podcast, Lady Aidy. Uh, I know you're an author and a publisher and also a podcast host. So um, you've got lots of things to network about, I guess. How, how do you network for your business? How do I network for my business? Well, it's great to be with you and on your podcast, Liz. I network by going to the network groups, particularly those online. And uh, it's made a huge difference to my business. And what were you doing before all this online networking started? So before lockdown 100, <laughs> when it all happened, March 2020, um, I, I would... Um, generally have my own tribe, my own following, but it would be the in-person networking, going to the local groups, probably not traveling more than 30, 30 minutes radius, and it would be with the networking groups that way. And what did you think would happen to networking when the first lockdown happened? Well, I, I was quite interested in what was happening, and um, on the first ones which began to come up, but it was more concern about my own business, thinking that I wouldn't have any clients during this the whole lockdown time. That's what I thought would happen. I think, and talking to other business owners, you know, they, they just thought that the, their business was going to fall off a cliff. And what was your expectation of online networking when, when it first started popping up? Well, I like bright, shiny new things, so and I enjoy technology. So I was actually quite intrigued, and I wanted to know whether we were just going to take what we did in person and then just put it online, whether it worked the same. And as I got into more and more, I thought, this isn't working the same, there's different things. So I didn't have the worry about the, you know, the learning curve, but I went as a participant. At that point, I wasn't running any of my own networking groups. And what do you think the differences are between in-person and online? I think that's huge differences, huge, huge, which is why I wrote the book. And in that, I really explore, I think the principles of networking remain the same. So it's still about finding the trust between people, how you connect with them and how you get a feel as to whether you want to do business with them and whether you want them to be your customers. But there are protocols which have developed and over that last year it became obvious what was acceptable online in front of you in a, on a screen and what wasn't and that's the difference from how professional you come across. And so t- tell me a bit more about, about the book. Um, so that, that came about I presume because you were seeing how things were different in this new online world and you wanted to, to share that with other people. Yes, it was. Um, I'm author through and through. So when I thought, oh, I'm not going to have a business, I'm not going to have people wanting to write the book. I was so wrong on that, by the way. But that was my initial thoughts. I thought, OK, then I'll write a book. What am I going to write a book about? And I just thought, you know, I've done networking for many years. I've run groups. I've run golfing groups. I've run charity groups in networking, business networking. And I've run Athena for Women business network. So 
it, it's kind of part and parcel what I do. So seeing the online taking shape and thinking, I like that, I'm not so sure about that, what's going on, made me, and then seeing the comments people were making. So initially people hated it. They kind of went, I don't, oh, this is a short-term gap and it will last until we go back to in-person, but actually it, it's, you know, we don't really want to do it. And then gradually people going, actually, I quite like this because it's saving me money. I don't have to go out in the car. Um, it saved me time. I'm getting better one-to-ones. And the advantages started to creep in to the point now I can't see as going back to purely in-person. I think online networking is here to stay. Now, I know that you interviewed lots of different people for the book. What, what did you learn from interviewing those people? There's over 120 people involved in the book. So I did them as, um, you know, I let them have their voice. I had them, um, I interviewed some directly, um, some big names like Brad Burton and Anthony Thompson, who founded the Metro Bank and others. And then other people, they've just got like a paragraph, but each time I also showcase their business and I'd pick them up because I'd see them put a comment on LinkedIn. So um, one person was talking very much about um, Zoom fatigue or online overload as we call it and because of which I went back to and said you know you've said that would you write a small piece about it. So Hannah Long talked about it from a, a occupational therapist point of view and how she saw the Zoom fatigue, the screen fatigue. And Helen Middleton, who's a voice expert um, for Lincoln School Speech and Drama, she talked about if we're using our voice all the time on screen, then we need to take care of how of our voice, which I know would be very near to your heart mm -hmm. too, Liz. And it you know, there became strategies then that people used so that they didn't get overloaded. I think that's that's true. I mean, I've noticed if I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls that my voice does feel tired after it because you are having to project a bit. You, I think you are speaking slightly louder than you would if you were face to face with somebody. Um, and I, I think it is noticeable. Yeah, I agree. Um, my family get cross with me they say you shout every time you're on a zoom call which for me is at least six hours a day she said you shout you're always shouting <laughs> so when we shared an office I thought right I'm going to be really good and I'm going to take my voice down and I'll see if I can just talk a bit quieter and at the end of the session I had a my throat was sore through not talking the way mm. I'd got used to talking, which was shouting in inverted commas, than um, otherwise. Yeah, I think whispering can be just as bad for you as, as shouting. <laughs> <laughs> so from all the people that you interviewed, was, was there anything, um, any stories that really surprised you? Yes, I was really surprised when I was looking at the technology itself. And um, um, Mike Luxford told me that what was happening, um, mainly because of Zoom, although other platforms were being used like Teams and uh, Remo and various other ones like that, but the majority is Zoom. But the technology people were expecting this full move into communicating through online technology to happen in 2030. <laughs> and we brought it forward 10 full years. 
and how we and, and that is not just people who do business networking this is across the board so the generations the older generation who oh I'm not interested in in that technology and all that stuff I'm not interested in the computer suddenly had to if as it was the only way for them to see their family and to connect and other areas you know the schools weren't doing so much teaching online there were so many other aspects to it which suddenly it, this is the only way that we can get the communication to work so it, overnight it, well overnight it did take a little while it took, but it was literally a couple of months the whole barrier of using this technology for the majority of people was wiped away yeah no no advertising could have done anything better <laughs> than actually lockdown and covid um it's just been one of those very strange phenomenons that have happened because of it and so we have gone forward in our technology 10 years yeah i i can believe that <laughs> and that to me was the biggest surprise so you said at the start that you used to run some in-person networking groups yourself before the lockdown happened. Have you actually moved those groups online now? Um, I'd come out from doing that. Um, so this, but this was about 10 years ago right. is when I ran a networking business and was very entrenched in networking and teaching people how to network and what to do and everything like that. Then I went into the charitable sector and was the CEO for, for a charity. Then I uh, wrote my first book and came out and ran my own business as a publisher. Now, I know that you, um, you started collecting material for your book quite, quite early on in, in, the, in the lockdown. So do you think things have changed since you wrote the first draft of your book? Yes, I do. Um, I started writing in April. I thought, right, to write a book, you need 25,000 words. I thought, I'll do that. I'll interview about 25 people and I'll have it done in three months. As it happened, as I got more and more interested because I saw there was development happening, it took me six months. I interviewed over 120 people and it's 75,000 words. <laughs> so, you know, it, big, big difference because the book and I should know this because this is my ninth book but a book has its own pace and its own timing and its own development so you know they had to say you've got to stop now because I kept seeing these different comments that people were bringing out new new points you know disability is you know, is equalized online networking mm. Nobody knows whether you can walk well or not. Nobody knows if you've got issues with hearing. And actually you can control your own volume and you can um, see people's um, mouths so you can lip read much clearer because of the way the online screen works. So all of that, suddenly somebody would make a comment and I'd go, oh, that's got to go in the book. That's got to go in the book. But the main difference is now looking back, and I've I've just um, done a quick revision um, and popped that up onto Amazon. Our new networkings, which hadn't even been thought of, are now only been businesses networking businesses online like Meow. Mm-hmm. Meow's a completely different format. And they have crowdfunded or tried to crowdfund to, to make that an online networking business. Other people are now um, asking members to pay. So that's becoming a business, whereas initially a lot of people did it free. Not all, but a lot of people said, look, we're helping each other out here. We're going to run a free 
networking business. Now they're saying, actually, we're going to charge members and therefore it goes into a business kind of networking instead. And actually, they don't even have an in-person plan. Mm -hmm. And how do you think those kind of new style networks compare to the existing networks that have have tried to move everything online and kind of stay the way that they were, but online? Do you think it works better if people are starting from scratch? I do, because you can be innovative. Um, You can try and make a bit more spontaneity to happen. Because one of the difficulties with screens and online is it's all in the control of the organiser. They can mute you. You can only talk one at a time, which is great for the introverts, Mm. not so great for the extroverts. Um, But it means that spontaneity when you're in person where somebody says something and it sparks an idea or another conversation doesn't happen as readily. Mm. So the latest ones are trying to create that. People are finding the breakout rooms where people are just talking to a small number of people, four, you know, four or five maximum. People are enjoying that. I think the speaker section and the presentation is harder online and it's harder to keep the attention of people because sometimes they just put their camera off and do their emails while they listen to, to the person speaking and the person's not getting the attention. But those who just try to take their in-person, stick it straight onto screen, I think they've lost something. It's a slightly different way. And you have to find what, you, what, you know, what the people coming to, what business people are going to get out of it most. And it's not an hour's worth of one-minute presentations from everyone. Mm. You know, that, that is, it's just dire. And you think, my time is my money and I'm just wasted it. And I'm only going to remember three people at the most. So those who have said, actually, that's not working. Let's make it so people only give their kiss offline or just one sentence or have 10 seconds. That works quicker because people, they want to have, engage in the one-to-ones. Yeah. So with all that in mind, then, what would your top tips be for people who are networking online? My top tips are take it seriously. Take it to the point that when you can be present, you are present. And that means looking into the camera. It means making sure your background's fairly tidy if you're showing your your own room or using a a background um, or one of those automated backgrounds it's knowing that even though you might just be one inch by two inches you are still in view of all those other people who have turned up for that view so that little spot where you are you are your own live business card so you need to really use it as such to the best so always have your full name because people can't find you if you don't put you know if it's just jill um jill they can't find you. Mm. Whereas Jill Walker, they've got more chance of finding you you're on LinkedIn. And then even better is to put your full name and then your business, either what you do or your business name. If you say what you do, it's better because then they can see Jill work, uh, Walker PA or PA to um, busy business people. You know, so a little strap line really helps. 
And how, how do you think people can make best use of, of the chat box? I know that can get quite busy in some networking meetings. It can. I think the chat box is underused. I love the chat box, um, particularly when um, a speaker is, is going. I think you can actually help the speaker by putting your comments to what they're saying so it becomes alive. And it's not just a place to put your contact details, although that's good to use, but it is called a chat box and the purpose was that there would be interaction between people. Now some organisers turn that off so you can actually only go to the organiser but those that don't means that you can actually private message other people while that meeting's going on which can be really good fun but you have to be very careful if you're saying something naughty or something and you forget and you don't have it to the person private everybody can suddenly see it <laughs> so you know that there's you have to be really on the ball when it when you come to use these sort of things but I think the chat box to support one another build each other up and just make it clear that you're a real person and that you're alive. You're not just this person sitting in front of a screen looking a bit dour. It, it makes it can make a difference and it's so underused for using those for networking techniques. I've noticed a lot of people will share their, their LinkedIn profile on, on the chat box. Do you think that's a good idea? I think it's great. If you put any links in, you do need to put the HTTPS dot dot slash slash in front of the www. And the reason for that is it's then clickable. So if you put that, so it's the full string, anybody looking at it while the meeting's going on can click on it, another window pops up and they can then either connect with you or they can see what is your, 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 you've, you've put on immediately without any distraction, you know, without any interruption, uh, which, is, which is really great. If you only put the WW, it's hard work because you either have to save the chat at the end, which you're busy on to the next thing by then, or you have to copy it, you know, highlight it, copy it and paste it. And I know that is not much and we <laughs> didn't mind, but now we're wanting things so quick and easy and immediate that when it, it takes three things to do to get where you want, you don't bother. I think you have to make things as easy for people as possible, don't you? You do. You do. I know, you know, I, if I have the choice between clicking somebody's LinkedIn profile who's got the full thing or who hasn't, the one that has put the full string in is the one that I will click and connect with. Yeah, I think I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously things, uh, as we said, are, are moving on all the time in, in the online networking world. Do you see yourself either updating your current book or even writing a second book about online networking? I think it could be updated maybe in a two or three years. I think it's settled down a little bit. So things are, are pretty much the same. Um, I run a LinkedIn group now for busy networkers um, and it's only for um, networkers. And from that, we actually do a meetup. But that meetup con is... Um, straight into a, um, a breakout room, then only a 10 second introduction, and a second breakout room, and then a competition, all within 50 minutes. I do think a lot of the online networking groups are too long. Mm, I, agree. Uh, I think over an hour, and it, you know, 
which you can get a well it's worth it when it's in person because you spent time traveling somewhere Mm -hmm. and you want a bit more flexibility or you might have um, a meal involved so having a two-hour networking is quite standard and good but online I'm not convinced it works beyond that hour no I have to say I'm always pleased if it's an hour or less (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love Mark Jarvis, who does the Pure Network, and his is half an hour on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And literally, it's it's a very simple format um, of that. And it's literally you say what's going on for you in your business in a minute, minute and a half, next person, and it's all over and done with within 25, 30 minutes. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people are making? One mistake is not putting their full name. Mm-hmm. Second mistake, is, which is my biggest no-no, is eating. Eating <laughs> on camera. Please, please, please don't do it. When people eat a meal, a sandwich, and all I can see is their mouth moving, I don't want to do business with them. No. <laughs> if it's in person, I don't mind. I've got a further space and I'm probably eating as well. doesn't make... You know, that is fine. But on camera, it's to me, that's the biggest no-no. And I've even seen organisers do it. And it's just like, it's not nice. It's not nice. So that's my biggest no-no. Um, it's very difficult not to be critical or be seen as critical. So initially, I might be, do you really have to eat? And I realised that wasn't really coming over very well. So now all I do is I get my chat box and I move my chat box over the person so I can't <laughs> see them until they're finished but it puts me off doing business with them because I think if you can't be professional on you know on the on on screen on camera where else aren't you quite professional Mm. so that it's getting your lighting right you need to have light in front of you which is not where you normally think well so if you've got your your back you back and there's a window behind you the light floods through and then you become a silhouette Mm -hmm. a bit like somebody in a witness box (laughs) you know being interviewed by the police or from the side so you have to change your lighting because people want to see you and they want to see your face so you need to get that right and then it's where is the camera angle often you see somebody and it's you know you see just their the head right at the bottom of the screen and there's all this space above. So, and in the book, I've got photographs of all these no-nos to, to help people to so they can see how they can best come over. Because we are now in a visual, mm-hmm. a very visual space. We're not using our body language and interpreting like we can in person. And that is, again, one of the disadvantages. I think you're absolutely right about the people eating. Because when you've got that grid... Of, of, of people's faces your eye is just automatically drawn <laughs> to oh, the one like, don't mention the war all you can see <laughs> is that person's munching away and they're not always very nice about it you know they're eating with their mouth open and you know and, and there has been occasions as well particularly if people are um, using their mobile phones to participate they forget and they pop off to the loo <laughs> and you think no don't do this and put your mute on because people forget because we're in our own homes in a very comfortable surrounding it's harder to be more professional 
or to think, while I'm in this meeting, I'm pr I am actually showing the face, literally, of my business. Mm. And therefore, how you dress. There's a bit in the book um, from Leslie Burton telling about the colours we wear. So I can't now wear some nice jazzy patterns on my top because it, it dazzles. Mm. It doesn't work. And again, one, I want to be found. I want people to think I quite like her. I want to do business with her. How do I do a follow-up call? Yeah. And the follow-up is the same. And that's where people fall down, you know, and that's the same whether that's in person or online. You have to follow up because that's your goal with us. That's your future client or that's somebody you want some of their services or you want them as a partner or you want them to refer you. And if you don't do that follow up, it's been described um, by someone far more worthy in the networking world than me, that it's like uh, running a bath, but not putting the plug in. Mm. because all that water, all that goodness, all your, um, you know, all that contact is lost without the one-to-one, -one, yeah. without the follow-up. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have a great conversation with somebody in the chat box, but you need to take it outside of the meeting to, to, to progress it, don't you? You do, you do. And because it's just like the initial interview, or it's like the CV, it gets you into the interview, and then it's the interview which gets you further to then get the relationship to get the job. And it's very much the same. You know, the networks are your introductions. Then, and they might go to a slightly different level. And particularly if you turn up every week, then you get to know people a bit more. But it's that one-to-one -one follow up, which then gets you the sale, gets you the job. Yeah, yeah. And I want to now ask you about... Um, World Online Networking Day, which is something that you founded, I believe. I did, yes. This is for the 29th of October. So it's going to come up every year. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, one of those days, uh, World Online Networking Day. And it's also the same day that the um, uh, internet was founded ah. or brought. So that's why we chose that day. And it was just because I, th you know, when we, time we got to September, October, I'm thinking, do you know what? Online networking's here to stay. Mm. For myself, it's going to take a crowbar to get me out of my office chair and <laughs> out into a car to go and attend an in-person. Because I can, you know, the other day I was speaking in America, then I went to Ireland and then I came back for tea. <laughs> you know? And that's all through the beauty of Zoom. So I wanted to celebrate that. And I wanted to celebrate the very... Um, the people who've actually stepped up to the plate and become organisers of online networking, particularly those who've done it as a service to other business people and haven't charged, um, to celebrate the business that goes on in those online meetings. And a lot of business is happening. A lot of businesses are starting, um, which isn't being reported in the press. It's all doom and gloom out there mm. for businesses. And yes, it's really hard, particularly for the brick and mortar company it's been dreadfully hard but there's a lot of businesses my own included that has done majorly well through this um, lockdown and by using online techniques well that's definitely something worth celebrating um i expect i should be online networking on the 29th of october yes <laughs> so lady uh we'll just wrap things up now let let me know where people can find you 
they can find me through my website uh, www.ladyad.com it is an E in my name because I'm not a real lady <laughs> and and there'll be the links to the podcast to the LinkedIn group if people would like to join that you'd be very welcome um, LinkedIn groups are interesting because they're more clunky than Facebook mm. groups and you have to tag people all the time it's a bit annoying but you can get your notifications to come up so I'm trying to make a LinkedIn group interactive which is not easy because the system doesn't help you in that way. But, you know, it's all that development. So, yeah, that, that's a major way to find me or email me on lady at ladyad.com. Lovely. Thank you. Well, we'll put all that information in the show notes as well so that people can find you. So thank you very much for joining me. That's been a fascinating talk. And like you, I think that online networking is probably here to stay. I, I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.